You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. This is episode number 39, and tonight we are discussing Star Wars Aftermath by Chuck Wending. Uh, tonight I'm joined by uh, Sean. How are you doing, sir? Living the dream. And Jennifer, how are you doing, lady? Also living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, more of a nightmare in some cases, but yeah, we're we're living it at this point. We're still in the midst of COVID-19. and Yes, we are. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we pushed off this episode. This was supposed to be our last episode, and we pushed it off uh, so we could talk about what we've been reading, if we've been reading anything during uh you know the COVID-19 outbreak so and this is one of the things that we have been reading or at least some of us have been reading our our other uh Canadian family on the other hand uh is in the middle of a move so they haven't had a lot of chance to read stuff yeah so uh (laughs) I have a bad feeling over the next well actually they have to be out of the house by the 7th so it should only last another week or so I was gonna say I have a bad feeling the next couple episodes of stuff coming up like (laughs) they're gonna be no shows yeah (laughs) They've so, got a good excuse. Yeah, By the way, today yes. is Sean and I's friend anniversary on Facebook. It Yay! Is. Oh awesome. my gosh, isn't that a reason to celebrate? <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, well, let's let's go ahead and get into the book. Um, this is the first in a trilogy, and we are going to uh, read the trilogy. Uh, so it's going to be this book, the second and the, and the third book coming up here in the next couple months. Uh, but this is the aftermath series. Uh, one of the key things about this book series is, uh, it was, it came into play after the acquisition of, uh, star Wars by Disney, uh, and thus it is considered Canon. So the, so the events that happened in this book are considered to be quote unquote Canon and, you know, affect and, you know, are, 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 uh, you know, pull in from, you know, several of the other books and the movies and the cartoons and everything else. And we do have characters in here from, uh, a lot of those other series. So, uh, the basic premise of the book, at least this, this first one is, this is set pretty much right after uh, the end of uh, The Return of the Jedi. So literally, uh, the book starts off with uh, celebrations on um, – um, oh, what is the home plan- – the big home planet called again? Um, Coruscant. 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 It starts off uh, with celebrations on Coruscant of them ripping down, which we saw in, in the end of – the you know the special edition of uh, Empire Strikes Back, I'm sorry of uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, we see them pulling down the giant statue of Emperor Palpatine, and it talks about how you know everyone's excited, you know the Empire is gone, and then you're immediately reminded that hmm. okay yes the Emperor and, and and Vader are dead and their super weapon is gone, but the Empire is not gone. Like th- you still have to deal with them. Um, and that is what the focus of the, this book series is, is aftermath. It's literally what happens after the empire falls or in, is defeated. In the words of George Washington in Hamilton, winning is easy. <laughs> governing is harder. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> Historically accurate, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, the first two thirds of this book mainly focus on, um, well, they're primarily new characters, uh, we do hear a little bit about uh, uh, Princess Leia. Uh, we do uh, hear from um, Mon Mothma because we, we see her several things talking about how she does not want to rule like the Empire did. She doesn't want a centralized 
she doesn't want a centralized army. She wants to, you know, eventually break that up. And like her, you know, at least one of her advisors are like, we, we can't do that yet. Like we have to, we have to stamp out the rest of the empire before we can consider doing that. Um, and I can, you know, it's, it's interesting because you can see it from both sides. It's like, yes, you don't want, you don't want to basically just, oh, we're replacing the empire with a new one. But on the other hand, it's like, we also still have to kind of, we still have to do a little bit more fighting. There's still some more fighting to go. Um, what's funny is, is one of the characters even mentions that, um, you know, it's just, it, it's all just one giant war. It's just chopped up for in little pieces so that we can digest it better. Um, but yeah, so, uh, go ahead and we'll just run around real quick. Our quick thoughts. Did, did you enjoy the book or not? Uh, Sean? Um, yeah, it, uh, so I listened to the audio version of it, which after listening to so many other audiobooks, this one is like an actual production. Like there's the sound effects and you can tell there was a lot of thought that went into like just the background of the book and listening to it and stuff like that, which was refreshing. It took a little getting used to. Um, the narration was great. The storyline itself um i found at the beginning of it because there were so many different stories going on that (laughs) i started getting confused especially the interludes so Mm -hmm. what the hell are all these interludes mixed in through the book for because at at first they make no sense they're like random things but as the books progress and if you get into the second and third one and all that everything kind of congeals it's like they're baking a cake Mm-hmm. and all the ingredients they're all weird and all that but you throw them all together mix them up cook them yeah it, it really does come together about three quarters of the way through this first book the interludes start making a little bit more sense they're not as random as you think the story itself um it it did flow really really well if you got past all those different stories they really came together and it by the end of the book I really did enjoy it, and that's why I did go out and purchase the next one pretty much right away and started listening to it. What about you, Jen? Um, I liked it. I mean, I like most Star Wars books, and uh, that's kind of their style, right? They um, are all over the place, kind of like the movies. You know, they give you like five, the beginning of five stories, and then they jump around, and then eventually some of them end up being connected and then you don't find out what other pieces are until like three movies later or <laughs> books or chapters or whatever. But um, yeah, so that that's a little frustrating when you're trying to just like understand what's going on and you're like, why the hell did they bring this one story in for two chapters or one chapter? And then I don't hear from these people again, the rest of the book, or who is this random person? Another, like I found myself going, Oh my God, another new character. Yeah. Can we please yeah. not? Like, <laughs> like three quarters of the way to the book, they introduce a new storyline. And I'm just like, seriously, can we just go with what we've got? We've got plenty. But anyways, I, I know, like, like Sean said, they're all ingredients and they're all part of a cake that we're going to eventually get to see. But um, it's still it's still hard to follow for sure. And uh, I read it physically. So because I had I have all the aftermath books. Um so this is a good excuse for me to actually read them. So I haven't gotten to experience the Star Wars fanfare of an audio book yet because I keep reading them. <laughs> oh, OK. Um, I also listened to the book. Uh, I've actually listened to all three of them um, and, you know, finished the trilogy. Um, 
you are completely right, Sean, about how, and, and actually you as well, Jennifer, about how it, it seems like we keep getting these random characters, and some of them come in for a little bit, and then they kind of get killed off, or they're not really that big, and it's it's it is confusing. It's like, okay, well, who do I actually really need to be paying attention to? And about three quarters of the way through the book, you realize, okay, these are going to be our core characters. Um, and then after that, it, it gets more enjoyable. And and definitely in the second and third book, it's the same way. We actually get a lot more of some older characters in the second and third book as well, uh, which is which I thought was nice. Um, but yeah, it's once you kind of figure out who it is you're supposed to be focusing on, uh, it makes it a lot more enjoyable because, like you said, Jennifer, these these inter and and both Sean actually both these interludes come in. You're just like, oh, okay, so there's a reporter and something's happening. Okay, and then the next thing is literally like let's skip skip all the way across the galaxy, and it's like okay. Um, I did I I do really enjoy the like you said the the production value on the Star Wars books because you get you know the sound of you know not only is he reading is like the Tie Fighter came in and you actually hear a Tie Fighter you know screaming by and yeah. um yeah you get the shots you get Wookiees actually roaring and, great impression um so yeah it's it's now uh I remember talking about talking a little bit about it with Ray and he it kind of threw him off um. But I think after a while he finally kind of got used to it. But yeah, I've I've just come to ex, you know expect that whenever if I'm gonna listen to an, a Star Wars audiobook, because they're all pretty much done the same, that I'm gonna get all these sound effects and uh, the voice acting is is pretty good. Um, at, for the most part, it's one narrator, but occasionally we will get other people step in, especially for some of the you know sp- more specific voices. Um, I was gonna ask, do they um, mimic the like? you know, well-known characters like Han was in this one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The guy who does, the guy who does Han is, is. yeah, he's, he's pretty good. And then of course, like when it's Chewbacca, you know, they're playing his actual, and then, you know, if it's, you know, not our, like we would know if it was a, you know, a replica. Oh no, you can tell the difference. You can tell the difference. There are some different Wookiees in here and they do play different. It's clearly a different sound of Wookiee. So, um now that being said the music and you know some of the background music and some of the sound effects and stuff uh i've heard in other books uh book series that have been done uh by uh, especially i think it's Ping, uh, penguin uh random house that does this one and uh which i'm i'm fine with i'm like okay that y'all have, y'all own those sound effects that's cool but i mean they actually went to lucas and was like you know lucasfilm were like hey we need we need you know a tie fighter and, and this that and the other and you know it's nice to get that stuff in there um I enjoyed the book. Uh, there's a I, if you if you really tried to pin me down and be like, what exactly did you like about it? I have to really think about it because all three of these books do really blend in together. Um, that's one of the problems that I was I was having was like I said I've read all three of them and I'm I had to go back and I was like okay I know this happened but I, was that book two book three or was that book yeah. one? It's it's like I said it all does kind of blend together. I do like the time period that this is set in uh because this is right after uh return of the jedi whereas you know um uh the force awakens you know there's there's a good deal of time there and this does start that's one of the other nice things about this book series is it does start to set up some of the stuff that we don't actually see pay off until um the rise of skywalker uh specifically the the fact that the empire's like well Maybe we need to head to, you know, the 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 uh, you know, the outer limits and and start outer rebuilding limits. there. 
whatever it was called. The outer rim. Outer rim. Yeah, there we go. Uh, wrong wrong show. Start, yeah, wrong <laughs> show. We need to start heading out there and, and to start to rebuild, and kind of that's where our original power came from. Uh, so that yeah. makes more sense in the final movie because everyone's like, where the hell did all this stuff come from? I really wish I'd have read this sooner. I mean, these books were out before, I think, um, eight, nine even, or at least a couple of them. So so I think it would have helped answer a lot of the questions I had about just like what happened between six and seven? Like, yeah, who is, you know, like, how did we randomly just jump all these years in the future? And what happened to the um, the Republic? I thought they won, you know, so this this kind of helps fill in some of those gaps and also. I'll set the groundwork for, you know, some of the people we see later on. Yeah. Let me ask y'all this. Um, I personally, now granted, not that I have all the time in the world to to do this, and I, and I don't do this. I, I will say I think the Marvel Universe does this better. But, um, you know, to fully get everything out of a Marvel movie, even though the, the comics don't specifically lead into them, it's better to have a bunch of knowledge so that you can pick out some of that little stuff that they throw in there and kind of have a background. So you're like, oh, I know who that character is instead of them just kind of showing up. I think Marvel does this better. But that being said, um, do you like this model that they've gone to 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 say that, OK, if you want just the bare minimum, you watch the movies. If you if you want more, then you've got things like, you know, the cartoon series and, and stuff like that. But if you really want the full Star Wars experience. You've got to watch the movies. You've got to watch the cartoon series. Play the games. Play the games. Read the books. Are y'all okay with that? Because I know there's a lot of. I've talked to some people that are. They're like, that's what I don't like anymore. Is that you know with the original trilogy and the prequels for the most part, you could just watch them as movies and get most everything. And they're like, it's. It seems like since since we moved into this new stage, I have to do a bunch of homework. They look at it as homework. I look at it as just expanding the universe but they look at his homework i have to do all this homework to enjoy these movies i've got to say it is a little overwhelming because i i'm not a gamer and i'm not going to play a game just to get the storyline i'll read up on it i'll go on Mm -hmm. wikipedia or you know uh whatever fan articles and read it but then i have to know to read it i have to know to look for it too so that's the other problem is like i don't have time to necessarily do all this research, I want to just kind of, you know, know that if I'm watching the movies, um, then I've got the knowledge I need. And instead, yeah, like you said, you're, we're finding more and more, we're having to kind of write a dissertation or read a dissertation just to (laughs) get the basics of it. Um, I, as long as the movie stands up on its own, I'm good with that. Um, now if the movie stands up on its own, and there's like a million other things behind the scenes that you could pick up on the mm-hmm. movie. If you knew all the history, I'm good with that too. Uh, depending on what it is, I might have to go back. Like I got time. I can go back and read or whatever. You know, YouTube is a beautiful thing. There's like 20 <laughs> minute YouTube videos of these geeks that have done all the work for you. It's great. That is true. And Marvel, all the Marvel movies, Oh, I did that for every Marvel movie that came out the last like five years. Well, yeah, because they come out so far apart. Yeah, it's I don't mind that anymore. Like I am a completionist. Like I'm that guy that has to have like a hundred percent score on a game or something like that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I lay awake at night. <laughs> I'm finding <laughs> movies aren't as bad as I used to be 
like that, but with family and the home life and stuff like that and just lack of time. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to be like that until I'm retired. So I got a long ways to go. So I mean, it's my own personal thing where I'm trying to let that go and just enjoy something for what it is. And then if I can get stuff from it later, if I can go back and see the movie like a year later or something like that, and I have a little bit more knowledge, I'm good with that now. So, it is kind of cool to like watch something and know like, oh, I picked up on something yes. that, you know, other people may not have. But also I'm not above like watching the movie and then going and finding the Easter egg reel and yeah. then watching it again and looking for them. Because I don't need to go into it knowing every single Easter egg. But there are things I'm going to still pick up that the average person wouldn't just because I've been yeah watching this universe for longer so now yeah. if a movie doesn't hold up because you're missing out on a lot like oh uh, for the marvel movies say you had to watch all the marvel tv series before you could really get that movie mm-hmm. well that's a failure on the movie's part i think should never have been released uh it needs to be able to hold up on its own without any prior knowledge unless it's like a part of a trilogy or something like that right but uh and there's been a couple like that too. I find the Resident Evil series can kind of get like that. Oh, yes. So, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. Um so let's talk about uh, let's talk about some of our main characters. Like I said, we do see Princess Leia in here. We, we you know, we hear her talking. Uh we do hear from uh Mon Mothma. Um but for the most part and then we've got Cap we've got uh, Wedge and Tilly's showing back up. So which is nice. We act, we kind of get to see what happened to Wedge. Um we also get, uh, but some of our new characters. One of the the, the biggest one is um, uh, Tim and Wexley, uh, aka Skip Wexley, aka uh, well Snap. I should say aka Snap Wesley, also played by Greg Grunberg in the new trilogy that came out. Um, He's so, the fat mind reading cop. In here. Yes. Um, <laughs> so whenever we see him, spoiler alert, when we see him die in um um episode 9 episode 9 it's like oh okay well that guy that showed up for maybe 5 minutes total screen time whatever he's <laughs> he dead had, he had a After little that, bit of in the in the last one too in, in episode 8 right he was a uh, oh he had some comedic relief minor character yeah he did he had some stuff okay but anyway well, I, thought, I mean after reading this and then you guys i think it was you guys that actually gave me that connection as well. yeah like, thinking back to the, the ninth movie is like damn that hurts now. Like, yes, hurts. it like, does. So I liked him in the movies, but he was a whiny little bitch in this book, and I really wanted to punch oh, him in yeah. the face. Like, yes. I get it. You you were you had a grudge against your your parents for what happened, but like he was so selfish, and he was just. I mean, she she should have went and either called someone, at least sent out a call about Wedge when she first got it. And not like a week or two later because her son was being a little brat and she decided to just ignore the call and not help Wedge. Like, that pissed me off. I was like, what's wrong with you? You just, okay. I'm just and you're, of course you're referring to his mother, Nora yeah. Wexley. Uh, so yeah. her story is her husband disappears. She goes out to try to find him and in doing so basically gets recruited by uh, the Rebel Alliance and becomes a really good pilot. Badass. In fact, she she proves it several times during the book, which is really nice. But then she has these flashbacks 
she was literally one of the three or four ships that went in with the the Millennium Falcon and destroyed the second Death Star. Like that is freaking awesome. Um, which makes sense because he's also a, a damn good pilot as well and and everything else. Um, I like her character. I I see where she's coming from. Uh, but she definitely there are definitely some things that she was blinded to. Um, but whenever she it's it seems like whenever she has to face um, normal life, real life, she's she has kind of a hard time with it. But when it's like the heat of battle, she just fucking focuses in. And like you said, she yeah. is a badass, especially well, she's, she's got, a badass. I think she's got some like PTSD from the oh, battles and from the stuff. I would say so, yes. So, but yeah, she definitely like could call back her skills and jump right in and like kick some ass. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm trying to find, uh, Sloan. So one of the other characters, this is a character on the, on the opposite side. We have an Admiral, Admiral Ray Sloan. Uh, she basically is in charge of what's really pretty much what's left of the Empire's Navy. Um, and her idea is she came up with the idea. We need to get together what's, what's left of the higher ranking, uh, you know, Imperial officers. And we need to figure out what we're going to do from here. And of course, she's basically like it kind of sounds like a good idea, but yeah, it's it's a clusterfuck because she immediately comes in, you know, she's you know greeted by a bunch of other people who are just nothing but like backhanded, stab you in the back constantly. You know, I'm looking out for number one, um, and she's trying to deal. With, she's trying to get this this organized meeting together to figure out where they're going to go from here. She's got the one dude, the one uh, Grand Moff, that's basically just constantly challenging her. Um, and then, you know, you, you've got these other people and they're, and she's trying to get all of this stuff done on a planet as a secret meeting that Wedge has stumbled into and has gotten information out, uh, you know, to, and so they're like, well, do we stay here and try to get the meeting done or do we run? Do we go ahead and fight if the, if the rebels show up, if the rebels, you know, what do we do here? And everyone is literally pulling all different ways. They're like, no, we stand and fight right now and show them that the empire is not gone. And then the other people are just like, are you kidding me? We're going to lose what's left of our Navy. Shut up. <laughs> so, uh, I, I like her character. I see she's definitely pulled in a lot of different ways. Um, and as it goes on, you end up liking her character more. Um, thoughts on any thoughts on her in particular or or any of the other imperial uh high high ranking imperials that were part of this meeting that whole group they like they did pull from like every type of evil and, and put them into a category for each of those admirals or whatever yeah um, they uh, you could tell they they really consciously tried to do that um for ray Sloan herself, like, yeah, she was adamant to keep the Empire as it was, where obviously it, it had failed. So and, and that was kind of a, a bit of a flaw in her character, too. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, she's so hard grasping that we got to maintain what we have and keep things the status quo. And well, that didn't work either. Um, so I found that was kind of, I don't know if they intentionally made that a character flaw or a, a bit of a plot hole or something like that. But when she's she just like change over the book and I think more yeah. into the second book, but uh, she started yeah. out so rigid and military. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you could see that she was smart enough to 
adapt and change, which I liked. Um, I I really liked the older like uh, sassy yeah. <laughs> admiral or what what was her rank? I don't even remember. Yeah. Uh, General Shale. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the one who was just like, you know, we need we need to pay attention to what was happening and, and learn from that and didn't yeah. give the Grand Moff – like the Grand Moff oh, – oh, was it Pinion or whatever? Didn't give two shits what he thought. No. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I kind of liked her too, so. Uh, it's you know getting what? very frustrating. <laughs> now that you say – now that you say that um, – now that you say that, I think maybe her character was mainly written from the point of this is our way of seeing, you know, this is, you know, this is how a lot of people are. They're like, no, we want to stick with what we know. And this is our way of saying, OK, no, things are going to change. We got to get ready for for new things. You know, um, that was, I, I, you know, now I look at it, that was probably kind of the point of her her character. Well, so. They also because they do give a bit of a backstory for her. I just can't remember if it's in the first or the second book. They're calling it blending it together but i think it's a second she was she was rescued when the, the empire came to her planet yeah and that's what she's basically she's like this is perfection this is what saved me this is what i want to have throughout the whole galaxy and it, it, she kind of got blinded by it because she got it was almost like uh a certain, i don't know she got saved by something, so automatically that's got to be the way we have to go. And she follows that path to the bitter end mm-hmm. until yeah. things start ha- happening around her that kind of like, oh, crap, I'm getting screwed here because of my beliefs. <laughs> but once again, I think I'm going into the second book. <laughs> that's fine. Um, Spoiler alert, I haven't read it yet. Yeah. Uh, some of the other characters that, uh, you know, we find, like I said, it, it takes a little while to figure out who it is we're really kind of following and, and, and everything else. Uh, so we get a, um, uh, she's a bounty hunter. Her name is, uh, Jazz Amari. Uh, I yes. love her character. She is an yeah. awesome, awesome character. Uh, very, very level headed, very much just this is what I have to do. But, you know, she seems very hardcore. But on the other hand, you're like, Oh, she's probably got a real heart of gold down deep. And she does. She's just like, no, this, this makes sense. I, yes, absolutely. She's a Let's join up and do this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love, I love her character. Um, and I have to say, I, and I'm trying to find his name right offhand. Um, the Imperial officer that, that kind of teams oh. up with her. Sinjir? Sinjir. Yeah. I, I love him. Love he was Sinjir. my favorite. Him and um, Okay, he was okay. So Singer, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Singer was probably my, he might be my second favorite character. I love the fact that he's just, I love the fact that he 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 is a badass in his own right, but he's just this smart ass drunk that just he knows, <laughs> and he also, and that's the other thing that kind of that ties him and her together and is they both, kicking. yeah, they they they've both had this this you know conscious grow into him, and they're just like. This is not good for me for what I was, but I I like what I'm becoming. So um also um I mean props to the Star Wars universe for making such a prominent character an openly gay character and for having other characters that are in the book, but like yep. can we get that in the actual movies too because like we've said not everyone reads the books and we need more representation in the rest of the universe. So Props for that, but like <laughs> I would love to see that more than just like a quick kiss at the end of episode nine. I want to see like 
real life in these movies. Thank you. <laughs> Off my soapbox. Um, one other one other character that that and honestly we and this is one of the, and this goes back to what y'all were saying. We get two thirds way through the book because literally I'm looking at it. It's at the end of part two. There's three parts of the book. At the end of part two, we literally get one of our other big characters show up, <laughs> and that's John Burrell. Um, and like he he shows up like he's 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 doing basically you know a jump from a ship, and everyone else gets killed, and you're like, okay, I don't know if this good dude's gonna survive or not. I really don't know if I should care if this dude survives <laughs> or not. And then he survives, and you're like, okay, well, he's lasted a little bit longer. He's lasted a little bit longer. Okay, well, now he's joined up with them. So I guess he's part of the group. Okay, cool. He didn't show up for two-thirds of the book. That's that's yeah. fine, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like you mentioned just a second ago, the other one of this this kind of main group you know, of, of that's going to end up going on through the rest of the books is um, the uh, repurposed B-1 battle droid. <laughs> Mr. Bones. <laughs> I love Mr. Bones. I love the fact that everyone immediately looks at him and goes, he's a fucking battle droid. What's he going to do? Like, cause <laughs> yeah. and they literally, and I also love the fact that, that I, I will say, I love the fact that the, this new version, this new world of star Wars we're in has just flat out embraced some of these ideas that the fans have had forever. The battle droids were garbage. Like they couldn't <laughs> shoot shit. They couldn't, they, one blast, they're out. Like, my boys even realized it. Like, Nick is like, oh, yeah, it only takes one shot to kill those. Oh, uh, and he's eight years old. But, like, you know, like in The Mandalorian, you know, they fully embraced that, you know, the the stormtroopers can't hit shit or whatever. So what what else is funny is if you end up watching Rebels, um, there's a point where uh, some of, there are a few clone troopers that have survived. And when they actually have to start attacking uh, Imperial troops, they're just like, you can't hit me. You can't see anything out of that helmet. I can actually fight. <laughs> like, they are very prominent about, you know, stormtroopers can't shoot. Battle droids are crap. But not this one. Mr. Bones is a freaking psychopath <laughs> that laughs and dances. And Jennifer, this is one of the things that you're definitely missing by not oh. listening to this book. Because the voice that they use sounds it's so good. Sounds ju- It sounds like a jacked up weird version of of how they sounded in the thing. It's just Roger, Roger. And it's just oh like, God. oh my it God, he's about to kill everyone. Hilarious. It is yes. so good. The droids are always the best part of all of the stories yeah. in Star Wars. Like yes. th- this, this universe is the droid story. I'm convinced in every, I, yeah. I would yet, totally agree with cartoon. that. So the droids cartoon was horrible. Uh, yeah. What happened with that? That's <laughs> well, we don't talk about it. Um, but basically, okay, so that's our that's our main story. We do have uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca show up a little bit later, um, near the end. Another of the book. random side story, like yeah. And here's the funny thing: so in the second and third book, they definitely there's large portions of the book where it takes over and it's their story. So, uh, which is also another funny. Th- Obviously, I, I'm pretty sure all three of these books had to have been written at the same time. Uh, oh yeah. I, I I can't see them have not been written in in different. They're things. so. Well, the first two have been like tied together. Like a, they must it, have had a master plan and then wrote out the books. Yeah, and and honestly, when you when you get to the third one, you'll be like, yeah, this is it. Just picks up right where the second one goes, and and it's yeah. it is very much like the Bobaverse books in that way, in that you can't. I mean, you you technically could finish the first book and be done, but you would mm-hmm. be like, no, there's got to be more to this, and <laughs> so, um. But I do like – we also get callbacks. We get callbacks to different planets and stuff that we've been at. 
um, the main arc of the of the story is is this small group comes together. They they come to realize that uh, the empires are there. They're they're you know the imperials are there. They're trying to start a plan and figure out what they're going to do with the empire from here on out, uh, and how to stop them. And they do that by basically uh, showing everyone on the planet that you know the empires are, you know the imperials are here and they're you know they were just here to just kind of hang out. Now they're here to like take over your planet. Are you going to stand and fight or are you going to – are you just going to sit back? And they basically get everyone going until the actual um, uh, you know, uh, um, New Republic uh, group shows up to you know, kick a little ass. So um, was there anything in particular that you just you – know, you really kind of, kind of stood out to you uh, that you really liked? Um, like I said, Mr. Every, time, every time Bones shows up, I, I freaking <laughs> love it. Um, but I, I love the, I love the communication between some of the characters. Like, the, you know, there's a scene where, um, they're making, they're making basically a snuff video, uh, to, to show that the, you know, the Imperials are, are what they're doing or whatever. And, you know, they had Mr. Bones filming or whatever, but just like between Sanjir and, 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 uh, Snap is just, you know, it, it's, it's good chemistry. These are good characters because they, you can, you, you immediately know, oh, these two characters are in scene. This is how it's going to go. It's going to be very somber. It's going to be very serious. Or in this case, they're just going to be cracking wise and be like, hope we survive. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that really just kind of stood out to me. You're right. The chemistry between the characters is really good, especially, I think they use Sinjir. Most of the time, because he seemed to be the go-between between all the characters. Yeah. Because, and they even discuss it, like, because Sinjir was an Imperial. Uh, what, what he was, was a um, oh, uh, a special uh, retention office? No. Not um, reten- it, it was an officer. It was a. Um, it was uh, like the guy that weeded out the the weak people and uh-huh. punished yeah. them, which is ironic because then yeah. he defected. <laughs> Well, and like he said it himself, like it was, yeah, ironic that he learned that it was the imperial mechanism itself that was the problem. Uh, and he learned that from like doing their dirty work for them and all that. Anyway, he learned to read people for his job and then would find their weaknesses and punish them and all that. But he's using that skill now um, to talk to the, these other characters. Okay. And anytime. Yeah. He's talking to them. You you get that impression that he's he's kind of pro like oh yeah I know you're hiding something and oh well better to get that out kind of thing and and he's doing this while he's drunk which just makes yes. it so much better like some of the the uh, the drinks that they describe that he's like downing Ugh. like should be burning Boiled. a hole in his stomach kind of thing but oh give me another <laughs> I really love the scene between him and. Uh... I think it was Jas, right, where they were they were talking and she was like, "Okay, yeah, we can uh we can oh. couple up after this." Or <laughs> what what words did she use? She was like really just Maybe like acceptable so, or something. She's like so casual about how she's saying like, "Yeah, we can mate basically." And cuz I guess that's just her culture or her species way of doing it. And he's like, uh, you know, put off, but not because she's an alien, because he's just not interested in women. Mm-hmm. But it was just a funny exchange how she's yeah. like, yeah, we can just, we can bone basically. 
He was a former Imperial loyalty officer. That's, That's what it was. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. So, um, oh, one other quick thing I just wanted to throw out there that that does happen, and it's just it's a very very short scene, and it it is referred a little bit later in some of the other books. Um, we get this first, we we get our first scene that also plays into the beginning of Rise of Skywalker. Is we've got this scene where um. They're selling – this guy is selling what he is telling these these basically cultists that this is Darth Vader's lightsaber. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to say too much more about that. Uh, but, yeah, so we do start to find out – you know, because that, that's one of those questions. It's like, well, what did happen to Vader's lightsaber? Because if I remember correctly, he was holding it when Luke chopped his hand off. So it's like, well, then where the fuck did it go? Because – I, you know, I don't know. Um, and it's also a question of it's like, well, was that really his saber? And he's like, well, it was red. That's yeah. what you said you were looking for a red <laughs> red saber. There you go. So, uh, but yeah, you know, there and you know, there are all these little things like you said that that pull in. That's just kind of a, just a it just just sidesteps and it's like, all right, well, let's let's mix a little of this in and then step back into the main story. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah. I'm, like I said, I I really enjoyed the book. Um, it is a lot to take in. Uh, but as you start to read the other ones, you'll see that it does flow all the way through and it does give a lot of good information, um, uh, or a lot of backstory to some stuff and, and really kind of makes you care. And like we said with, with Snap Wexley, unfortunately, you know, so you know for a fact he doesn't die throughout these books, uh, because he survives to the, you know, into the, the movies, the new movies. Um, but yeah, now now that you you read and you see him grow and become part of a team and, and everything else, uh, and then in the other books you'll see him actually you know uh, training to become a, a pilot and everything. To see him die on screen is like oh that really that kind of hurts now. So because before <laughs> yeah. it was just like well it, Greg Grunberg wanted to be in the movies he, he got in the movies. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, honestly, it it is not as heartbreaking as watching uh, the Clone Wars though, and then watching Episode Three. It is it is it is heartbreaking to see some of these clone troopers that you actually get to pull for and these Jedi that you get to know and then to see them just slaughtered or or literally turn and immediately start firing on, you know, the Jedi. And you're just like, wow, this is a lot more weight like George. We definitely should have had this before we got (laughs) episode three because everyone would have been like, that was a really good movie. (laughs) (laughs) so anyway uh, well like i said our next book is going to be the second book in the series i cannot remember what the name it's called it's aftermath life debt Debt. that's what it is um i will give you a hint it is definitely more focused on our friends uh han and and i was gonna say now that you say that they go more into that that makes sense because yes it does Um, but the good thing with the second book is it doesn't start with all these stories from like different character points of views. It, it continues on. So yes. it has a lot better flow. And now that you know what the interludes are, they don't seem as painful either. <laughs> no. Yeah. And once we start, and once those interludes start connecting together, it's yeah. it definitely, you know, some of them do are just kind of like one track things. But like I said, the, the one in particular with the, um, uh, the reporter and you start to see, you know, their story going through. That's, that's when that's, you know what that reminded and, me of? Have you ever read, um, uh, Watchmen? Not read it. Uh, okay. Uh, in the Watchmen, in the Watchmen book, uh, there's this, this kind of side story that's in there. 
And literally when I was the first time I read it, I just I read a couple of them and I'm just like, no, I no, I'm, I just skipped those part and got to the main story. Eventually, it makes its own sense if you go back. But it's really kind of like I understand what you were doing, but maybe you should have taken that out and made its own thing. And it, I kind of <laughs> felt that way with those is like, you know, maybe you should have just put all those interludes together and that been a chapter or two. And we could have just followed all that through. But I honestly is- thought you were going to say it reminded you of Starship Troopers, but. No, <laughs> that's a movie I need to go back and watch again. I'm yeah. waiting to see what happened with the kid that uh, we got like one chapter of. His dad like shot his brother so he could escape, and then we see him again randomly at the end. I think like shooting a laser or something, but that's yeah. all we get from him. So that's one of the stories. I was like, what was the point of having that in this I book? I forgot about that one. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember how that one plays out. Maybe it'll come back to me whenever I uh, I read, I go through and reread the second book again. So yeah, well, um, I remember it coming up in the second one, and I just finished it. Maybe he, maybe oh. it doesn't come back up. I don't maybe remember. That was all he did. <laughs> maybe that was it. Maybe that was all we got of him. So, um, but yeah, like I'm just kind of scanning through the through the document here, and I mean, like they, you know, they at least reference all these different cities and all the, you know, it's definitely trying to make you feel like, you know, hey, this is all one tied in universe, and yeah. you know, it, you know, it, this is part of a bigger story. So, um, well, I guess that is it for the most part. Um, have you been reading anything else, Sean? Um, I've been listening to um, if chins could kill. Confessions of a B uh, movie actor, it's Bruce Campbell. Oh my uh, God, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, um, <gasps> it's it's you reading it. Bruce Campbell. Okay. I did not realize that him and Sam Raimi basically grew up together too. I knew they. Were I didn't friends. know that either. Yeah, they basically started doing these oddball movies and stuff like that when they were kids in Detroit. Um, so I'm about I don't know about a quarter of the way through it. Um, some of the little sidebars are a little odd, but, uh, no, it's from Bruce it's cool. Campbell. No, <laughs> Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got to hear him talk at a uh, comic con once one of them and he was great. Like, oh yeah. Just, yeah. In person still as funny as you would expect. Well, the, the opening for it, um, they had asked, uh, Sam Raimi to do a forward for it. And apparently that was just a total clusterfuck. Um, and they actually have it like on, like they recorded it uh-huh. in his office and stuff like that with Sam and his brother and all that. When the, the, the ghost writer left and all that, he just left his recorder playing. Uh-huh. And by the time they got back in there, they had rummaged through the desk and stolen like a clock and stuff like that. And <laughs> left. <laughs> like, oh my God. Oh yeah. It's, it's weird, but, uh, no, so far I'm enjoying it. It's a good history lesson. Um, I didn't even know Detroit had like uh, theaters and stuff like that. But apparently, you did. live right near it. You should just, you know, oh, go check it out sometime man, when you're. I've I nearly lost the shocks in my vehicle when I drove through there. We usually fly out of there when we go places, but their roads are so horrible, and it's literally like, yeah, kids lock your doors, kind of duck, kind of thing in some of the spots. Damn Google. Yeah, I've had to do that to me before, too. It's like, where are you taking me, yeah. Google? <laughs> oh, last time we went there, we like it had us like turning down this road and like 
I like look down there and I stop because there's like a ton of guys out there with like chainsaws and stuff like that. They're like just neighbors and they're like looking at trees and walking down the road and like. That's where Bruce Campbell gets it. No so, shit. Yeah, pretty much. The chainsaw obsession. So, uh, yeah, it's. I if you're from Detroit and you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I'm I probably just saw the really shitty part of your city. <laughs> but um, yeah. It it does explain a few things, and you have Bruce Campbell that grew up there, and he turned out all right. Hey, so Detroit's bouncing back, you know. They got they got a movement, an arts movement, and you know, yeah. there's, there's there people go. trying to make things happen there. So yeah, all good B movies. Apparently, a lot of them are filmed there. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Uh, Jen, are you reading anything else? Um, I finally finished a book I started in, like, January, a very tiny book that took me four months to read, um, The Sustainable Company. Uh-huh. It's about Patagonia's, um, you know, just their lessons in sustainability and how they became the company they became. It was very inspiring and very, like, eye-opening, the things that they've done. And they they did it basically to encourage other companies to follow suit. So Sounds like a real page turn. Yeah. It was. I just didn't have the time to read it. <laughs> it was really good. I was going through my Audible here, and I was like, okay, what have I read? And I'm looking through, and I'm like, yeah, I haven't done anything new. I literally – I've got two credits sitting in my um, – uh, sitting, you know, just sitting there, and it's mainly because I think I'm going to pull the trigger on one of those series you told me about, Sean. There you go. So I'm like, you know what? I know I'm going to rip through them really quickly. I don't want to have to wait to get to book three or four or whatever, so I'm just – I'll, you know, I'll just let it accrue until the next month. So probably come the fifth, I'll end up reading something and have four books and be able to go through them. Uh, in the meantime, I literally was just like, you know, it's, I've got a bunch of stuff going on. I just need brain candy. And so I, I pretty much went through, I still haven't done the sixth book in the, um, uh, magic 2.0 series again. Like I've read, reread all of them. I don't know how many times, but I went through that series again. I went through the Bible verse books again. Uh, you know, just, just fun stuff. I, I I love those stories. I love I love everything about those. So it's just like okay, well I'll just I'll just re-listen to this and this will be awesome. So, mm-hmm. um so yeah I don't really have anything else new to to add to that. So, uh with that being said, I think that is our show for the month, ladies and gentlemen. If you would please give us a five star rating on iTunes, Google Music, Google uh, and uh, uh, Stitcher or wherever else you may listen to the show. You can always catch us at epicallygeeky.com. And at Epically Geeky on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Where can we find you online, Jennifer? Um, You can find me here, Epically and Creatively Geeky and Sustainably Geeky, um, which had an episode drop last week, I guess. Yep. Um, And that is the podcast for the Everyday Environmentalist. Um, So if you're into sustainability, check us out. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Het's Gonna Be Me and... In two days, it's gonna be May, so that will actually make sense for a month, a couple days. Oh Lord, <laughs> Sean, where can we find you online? Um, right here, Marshall Geeky, Epically Geeky. I still haven't made the procrastinators yet. I'll, I'll get to it. And uh, we all will. Wikipedia. So. When you read Wikipedia, don't take everything as 100%, because I might have been on there a couple minutes before. Uh, Just give your heads up. Screwing <laughs> shit up. Yeah. <laughs> Who can I? Even my kids know not to, like, 
take Wikipedia oh, no. at face value because dad. You're that person. <laughs> oh lord. You're that person. <laughs> and as always, you can find my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Chain on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 